0: you can see my fear there of sure. do i really want to um send these people down this just miserable experience of uh you know having a child that they've sacrificed everything for to uh, you know leave that path that they've literally spent their whole lives trying to set up for me you know <laughs> i think when you reveal where you're at with the church sometimes you hide things I I certainly did with my wife at first I might have told her where I was at but that might have been like two months prior and I had gone much further and that was always a point of contention between us because I would say something but it was more of me from two months ago saying something the more I am authentic with myself and with other people, the more I just want to just be authentic all day. It's very addicting just to be who you are um, and not hide everything because I've been hiding things, you know, most of my life. My life. We can ask ourselves, when was I ever trained in the techniques of emotional self-healing? When I went to school, did they teach me of courses on consciousness? Did anybody ever tell me? that I had the freedom to choose what went into my mind? Was I ever taught that I could refuse all of the negative programming? If not, why beat ourselves up about having innocently believed certain things? Why not stop beating ourselves up right now? Right now. We've all been unwittingly programmed without our conscious assent. Out of confusion, ignorance, and naivety, we bought into the negative programs. We let them run us but now we can choose to stop. We can choose a different direction. We can choose to become more aware, more conscious, more responsible, and more discerning. We can refuse to sit there like a blank tape recorder, taking in every program the world hands us. The world is only too willing to exploit our naivety and play upon our smallness with all of its vanities and fears. That part was just incredibly powerful because it's basically saying It's saying, "It's it's not your fault.
1: This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. You want someone to preach to? You? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who religion, do you? Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with, with humor. You. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy anything in this world
2: of money.
0: Good in everything. Look for the people who will set
2: your soul free. It always seems impossible until it's done. Look for the good in everyone.
1: All right, welcome back to Infants on Thrones. This is episode 715 Navigating a Faith Crisis in Real Time, part four. Now, I hope you've been following along with this series We've got one more It's going to be a five-part series with Reed And uh, this one was a really, really good one I just, I, I just want to say to Reed <laughs> Reed, you're amazing You're awesome that you're willing to do this In front of all of these listeners And for listeners that have responded to me I've heard from several of you That this has been very meaningful to you And so I'm, I'm really happy for that For those of you who I haven't heard from I'd like to And I've got a survey that you could fill out. And uh, you can always send me an email at uh, infantsonthrones at gmail.com. But but go and check out this survey, fill it out. And I want to let you know that I am going to start doing group coaching on April 4th. So I've already got a handful of people who are interested in group coaching. I'll scale the groups to, you know, so they won't be too big. But it'll just depend on how much interest there is. So if that's something that you might be interested in, reach out to me. I'll send you details. But that'll be starting on April 4th. And of course, it's going to be a rolling thing. So anybody can join it and become a part of it at any time and have access to all of the recordings that we do in the library that will grow as a result of doing this group coaching. So anyway, that's what we're doing. And let's go on to part four of my conversation with Reed. And we're going to pick up right now and find out what did that uh, shark meditation do for him last time? I was really pleasantly surprised to hear Reed's reaction to the shark. Welcome to another session here, Reed. So this this will be our fourth one that we're recording. Sounds good. And at the end of last week, I gave you an assignment, which I then changed <laughs> over <laughs> facebook because i think i was giving you like way too much to to look at and consider and said let's let's really focus on that chapter and letting go on apathy and depression chapter four did you did you listen to that yeah i'm looking at the expression on your face now that's kind of like an oh shit expression. no no i face.
0: did it was uh because i went back to look at our um messenger conversation yeah because there was a lot there yeah but I also wanted to see how far I, I had come, in terms of when you were chatting with me Friday night. I, d- I don't know if my brain was just fried from <laughs> just work. Yeah. But y- you were throwing a lot of stuff at me, um, and I was just kind of I was I was really struggling with it, and and you could probably sense that in my responses to you. Um, but um, and I, yeah, so. It was it was good, and then you said, "Yeah, let's just focus on chapter four. and and that's what I did, which is which is was the perfect chapter. I I, I agree yeah. with with that assignment. It was um, a really great experience, uh, just focusing on chapter four. And I found myself going to five and six, but then always coming back to four and trying to read it over again. Yeah. So so what were, what was your takeaway? Um, I would takeaways? say. Well, I would say the biggest thing. That really resonated with me. And do you mind if I read it? No, go ahead. I mean, you have the better voice, obviously. Uh, My voice is pretty dumb, but. um,
1: Ah,
0: No, stop. (laughs) So, uh, page 66. um, So, I listened. So, the day after, it was, I think, Saturday morning. uh, I believe I, I was listening to this or. When did we have our discussion last? Anyway, it's not important. I listened to it the, the following morning and I was walking as I usually do. And I actually just started getting very emotional, just listening to this part. Okay. And, um, cause it felt like a big light bulb went off on in my head. Uh, when we really examine it, we always, well, we, we will always find that we have been punishing ourselves for ignorance, naivete, innocence, and lack of inner education, we can ask ourselves: When was I ever trained in the techniques of emotional self-healing? When I went to school, did they teach me uh, courses on consciousness? Did anybody ever tell me that I had the freedom to choose what went into my mind? Was I ever taught that I did re- that I could refuse all of the negative programming? Did anyone ever tell me that the laws of uh, tell me the laws of consciousness? If not, why beat ourselves up about having innocently believed certain things? Why not stop beating ourselves up right now? Um, and then he kind of goes on, I think. Well, uh, I'll just read this. It's so good. We all did what we thought was best in the moment. It seemed like a good idea at the time is what we can say about our past actions and those of others. We've always we we've all been unwittingly programmed without our conscious assent. Out of confusion, ignorance, and naivety, we bought into the negative programs. We let them run us. But now we can choose to stop. We can choose a a different direction. We can choose to become more aware, more conscious, more responsible, and more discerning. We can refuse to sit there like a blank tape recorder, taking in every program the world hands us. The world is only too willing to exploit our naivety and play upon our smallness with all of its vanities and fears. So, wow. that part was just incredibly powerful for me um, because it's basically saying it's not your fault. You know, it's, you were raised in a way you kind of, you know, he talks about getting kind of, you, you received this programming, but you didn't have the choice. You weren't consciously making that decision. You were just, um, you know, it kind of, it happened. You didn't know better basically. And when I read that, I was like, or when I listened to it, uh, the first time i was just kind of blown away because it was uh it was so true and just uh really hit me like a ton of bricks and still hitting me like um i still get a little emotional thinking about how powerful that is just that yeah. just the realization of having of knowing that it's not your fault like you, you couldn't have helped you know what happened and you know, like you mentioned in your emails, there's, there's these good meaning people that were, they were meaning to help me. They were, you know, they, they thought it was in their best interest to teach me the way, the things that they did. Right. And, um, and I was all but willing to accept the, you know, because that was just the water I was swimming. That's, you just don't know any better. Um, But yeah, that just, I love that part so much.
1: So, so it made you think about, growing up in the Mormon church and being taught certain things.
0: Right. What, what
1: what else does it make you think about when when you think about those programs that are running and and blame and whether it's your well, fault or their fault or
0: well it, it's it's empowering the bottom line. It's it's kind of like okay now you know better. Now you can kind of enter this new stage of consciousness, of critical thinking, and uh redoing the programs and the way you want to be, you know, what you want to be like. Right. And moving from, I think when I, when I read that, I also was kind of thinking about inner size and yeah, I'm glad you went there. I was going to <laughs> you go there too. Yeah. So I've, I have these neural pathways that I think have been created years ago. Um, a lot of based on a lot of fear, you know, I would say some guilt is in there too. Um, and so, I feel like, okay, now I can consciously try to change those neural pathways and really work towards, um, you know, a more healthy attitude or a more more healthy, uh, you know, attitude about my my feelings or um, just me in general, I guess, in terms of changing what I want to change. So Could you give
1: me an example of... When you're talking about neural pathways, how do you experience a neural pathway?
0: Um, So let's say, um, say I have a fear of dark ocean water, right? Or ocean water. My amygdala's going off, saying you need to run away or you know, flight, whatever, whatever it's saying. And so there's this natural. I think there's I don't know exactly how it works. I mean, obviously, I'm not a neuroscientist or anything, but I imagine there's some sort of neural pathway to send me into some sort of way of protecting myself, either running away from the ocean or just not even going near it. Right? I think anybody that's afraid of cliffs isn't isn't going to get near the edge of a cliff or afraid of heights. I mean, Um, so I think you you try to protect yourself, and you have these neural pathways that have developed over time that are there to what you think protect yourself from some sort, from death really, or whatever it is. Uh, there's a whole bunch of fears, I guess, but uh, yeah. So that, you know, that's over time I've created some neural pathways, some I, thoughts about myself, uh, fears that, that I have of being, you know, prot- you know, thought of as not as smart as people, or, you know, there's these things, there's these Or not having
1: I- as good a voice. Oh man. You right just, you said it right there jeez uh what wh- what are <laughs> what are some of the uh neural pathways that were formed as a result of being programmed by the mormon church um but let's let's just pick one or two
0: and talk oh, about that's a good question yeah um how about uh family relationships okay um so me and my wife had a really interesting conversation about this the other night because she is uh, a daughter of converts, whereas I'm like a seventh generation Mormon. I don't know, I, going all the way back to like Brigham Young time, you know, just. yeah. So I think with my family, it was extremely important that everything was about family. My grandma would put out a newsletter every month before kind of the age of the internet and it contained all of the things that we were up to individually as cousins, as aunts, as uncles, right? And and it was it was all about family. It was it was um, that was everything, right? And which isn't a bad thing, um, but my wife doesn't have that same sort of uh, draw, I guess, to to her um, family. I, I mean, there's definitely a closeness there. But it's, it's a totally different ballgame with my family in terms of family. There, there has to be family reunions. There has to be, you know, it's just all of these kind of traditions or just family things are just kind of in your head. As And I think that's a lot of why I worry about so much about pleasing my parents mm-hmm. and why I'm so afraid of disappointing them is this fear of, um, yeah, this fear of disappointing them, this fear of letting them down and... And, uh, knowing that they're going to be upset, you know, that I've gone a different route or a different path. So, um, I think that's a neural pathway because, uh, it's very different for my wife. She has a different neural pathway when, when thinking about her family as compared to me thinking about my family.
1: Yeah. I think the word that I would use, um, to, to describe what you're saying is there's expectations, like there's different expectations that, were traditional in your family, um, to, to be a Christensen means that you are this. Yeah. Um, to, to be part of this family means that you do this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for your wife, to be part of this family means something different. So you had different expectations and a, an expectation, a belief, a, a way of viewing the world All of those things are the result of neural pathways, probably multiple neural pathways that are interacting with each other, You know, not just a single one. Like you pick up your hand, you turn it, you look at it. There's a lot of different neural pathways that are being engaged in order to make you lift up your hand, look at it, all these things. There's so many things that our our brains are doing all of the time. But the expectations we have, the beliefs that we have, and then you talked about the fear of going against the family or doing something that violates those expectations of what it means to be a Christensen. And and one Mm -hmm. of the main ones is this identity of being a seventh generation Mormon that goes all the way back to Brigham Young days. That's a big deal for you guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot of pride. There's, I mean, it's all about, uh, you know, great-grandma great-great-grandma did this and there's these stories get passed down and it's all about these kind of faithful experiences of you know your great-great-grandfather brought you know some you know some family this this food and it was shared in general conference isn't that isn't that amazing and you know there's just that sort of thing where it's just uh kind of just programmed in you that this is this is what's expected of you. You're right. It was, it was an expectation and that you just got to keep this going, this tradition going basically.
1: And, and the the fear that you described of disappointing your parents, how, how does that relate to these expectations that were formed? Um,
0: I, that might be, I think it's something similar, but it was more of the fact I, I feel, you know, they have, uh, just sacrificed everything. Um, my parents are incredibly giving to all of their children. I feel like they live just to uh, support us and and make sure that we are uh, that we're supporting our families and that the tradition goes on. And it's it's awesome. They're they're incredible parents in terms of just. Um, very giving, very wanting us to succeed and, and feeling obligated at times to financially, uh, you know, bail us out or, you know, I, f- I feel like it's my dad's, I feel in talking with my dad, my experiences with my dad is that he uh, feels like it's his obligation to support us all financially. If we lost our jobs, he would be there to help pay the, the mortgage or, you know, all that stuff. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, they've a hundred percent sacrificed everything to, you know, th- there's very little, I feel like they don't really put a lot in it for them in terms of th- there's no vacations. I, you know, I, I, don't know. It might be because they're just kind of homebodies, but they, you know, they're, when we go on a vacation, you can kind of sense a feeling of they're a little disappointed <laughs> that you mm. spent money. Right. Because they know, because they feel kind of like they're going to be the finance, the 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 fall gap between us and poverty. Um, So, I mean, that's a that's a great thing. I'm I'm not discounting that at all, and I think it's it's a it's an awesome thing. Um, So there's this sense of needing to please them and not wanting to let them down when you have someone that has your back so well, right? Um, When they just they are so invested in you, yeah. Uh, that the, the thought of you know letting them down by, by leaving the church is, is it is a scary thought because it would just you know that they're they would feel just like complete failures, yeah. Um,
1: so 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 you have these parents who have sacrificed so much of their life, and they make it very clear to you that if if there's ever any kind of problem they'll be your safety net they're going to be there to support you and and because of that you feel this obligation to them yeah and and you feel like if if you just you basically be disrespecting them Mm -hmm. to go against their beliefs that you would you would hurt them and that that would I mean, and especially for being a nine on the Enneagram, you want peace. You don't want something that's going to throw things out of balance. Right. You feel like if we're looking at this as a scale on the, on the one side of the scale, they're putting all of these things that are, you know, the sacrifice, the paying for your mortgage, all of this potential stuff. And so what you have to do on the scale to keep it balanced is what, what do you need to to do to, to have that balance out?
0: I think it feels like you got to be loyal and kind of, uh, follow the, the ways that they're hoping that you follow. Yeah. That's what it, I mean, that's what it, it might not be explicitly said, but uh, it's kind of implicit in, in, in everything that they do. You yeah. know, I mean, I've told you before the, the conversations that I have with them, they're usually bringing up the church, like yeah. callings. Uh, there's a lot of, I mean, that is their, their lives. They've, they can't serve a mission. And so they've just completely immersed themselves into their, their callings. And that's just what they want to talk about all the time. Yeah. Um, so and and when that and when that comes up
1: in conversation with you, you feel like if you're going to be honest, that you would be disrupting the balance. You you would be throwing that scale yeah, out of balance. Absolutely. You you mentioned the word loyalty. Mm-hmm. Talk more about that word loyalty.
0: Um, well, loyalty to to the things that they taught us growing up, right? It's Kind of what I just read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole kind of the all the concepts, all the the, the teachings of the church, and um, yeah, that's it's loyal to those ideals and uh, that i I guess ideology that they that they want to pass down i mean it goes it goes even deeper it goes down to the uh republican conservative type stuff yeah as well i would say that's probably on par with the same yeah the more i kind of interact with them i realize that that is um a bigger deal than i ever thought it was i think i shared that in um i just listened re-listened to that first episode because you just released it but um yeah, how disappointing my dad was when he thought I was a Democrat and he couldn't sleep right. all night. Yeah. I mean that, yeah. can you so that you can see my fear there of sure. do I really want to um send these people down this just miserable experience of uh you know having a child that they've sacrificed everything for, uh, you know, leave that path that they've literally spent their whole lives trying to set up for me. Right. Um, so it's, it's very hard and, um, yeah.
1: No, it, it, it seems like it's very stressful to, to feel like you've got this scale that you've got to keep balanced. And we talked about this a little bit last week that you feel like in order to keep it balanced, you have to be dishonest and that doesn't, and that doesn't feel good to have to, to hide things from them. And it actually goes against the ideals of what they hold Mm -hmm. sacred to be true and to be honest um, could you talk about some of those ideals a little bit like what what are the ideals of the Mormon church that are most important to them you talked about family a little bit but but like what um, what
0: ideals I would say and I and, and this is um, I feel like I'm cheating here because this is what my brother told me <laughs> <laughs> um, so they are, you know, the instructions that, um, that he received, uh, I'm, I'm hesitating. We might have to delete this. Out.
1: <laughs> and this is your brother who left the church.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, uh, he said as long as he was going to church, paying his tithing, obeying the word of wisdom, basically worthy of a temple recommend, uh, not in terms of maybe some of those other softer questions about do you believe that god is you know there's those other kind of belief questions but then there's like the hard you know more black and white questions are you paying a full tithe uh, are you obeying the word of wisdom those types of things that's what they cared about they just want him to go to church pay his tithing just show up because then they can feel like well maybe he's going to be moved by the spirit and 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 change right mm-hmm. so it's really more, they were more focused on those outward signs than they were the internal struggles that, that he was having. They they just wanted to make sure that he just continued down the path, even though he didn't feel like it. Yeah. So uh, that's the ideals that I think they think are important are, you know, giving financially to the church, Yeah. you know, the word of wisdom is, is a, is another huge thing. Um, uh, and then just showing up to church, maybe having a calling, yeah. trying, trying to participate.
1: Yeah. So, and, and, and keep in mind, you're going to be listening back to this before it's published. So if there is ever anything that you say in the course of this, that you want edited out, it's not a problem. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, edit it out. And I just, just for the, the, the sake of having this conversation, I want you to feel like you can say whatever you want. And okay. there is that degree of confidentiality in what we're doing. Um. So with with your brother and his experience with your parents leaving the church, you, you described your your dad especially as being this safety net that if there's ever a problem, he's gonna step in, he's gonna bail him out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and that's the way that he loves you guys. That's the way that he shows love. Yeah. So so with your brother not being temple recommend worthy. how has that impacted his
0: relationship with your parents? Um, They don't know that he's not. Oh, they don't know? No, they don't. You know, (laughs) I think when you reveal where you're at with the church, sometimes you hide things. I I certainly did with my wife at first. Mm -hmm. I might've said, I might've told her where I was at, but that might've been like two months prior Mm -hmm. and I had gone much further and that was always a point of contention between us because i would say something but it was more of me from two months ago saying something and because i was worried about her reaction and so when he revealed the news it was more of a who he was four months prior mm-hmm. and so the full truth didn't really come out it was more of a i'm struggling you know i'm struggling with this not that no, this, this thing, this church is, you know, it's not true. (laughs) You know, I would never want to say that to my parents either. I don't want to just come out and say, yeah, this, this is all just a big, big lie. You know, I mean, not, not all of it. There's a lot of good truths in it. There's a lot of self-help type stuff that they, that they bring to the table, but um, you know, the truth claims of it. Yeah. So.
1: Okay. Well, so so in the situation with your brother and your parents, they're still in the dark as to where he truly is. I think so. Yeah. Ha- have, have they been put in a situation with any of your siblings where they've, because one of, the, one of the values, one of the ideals of Mormonism and Christianity in general is this thing called unconditional love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when you were telling me all of the, the conditions that they put upon you to pay your tithing, to basically be able to be temple recommend worthy, that's conditional love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so have they been given the opportunity to flex their unconditional love muscles? That's kind of what I was searching for. Oh with, I w- with your brother.
0: Yeah, I think he he feels like um one of the advantages that he, or I guess one of the the things that he shared was that.
1: And I'm going to cut in right here because this was an area that Reed asked me to edit out a little detail that he shared. So let me summarize what he's saying here. Uh, Reed Reed's brother knows someone and we're going to protect this person's identity who uh, went to their parents when they were leaving the church and it didn't go well. The parents disowned this friend of Reed's brother. And so when Reed's brother talked to his parents, to, to, to Reed's parents, his own parents, kind of exploring, can I talk to them about what's really going on or not? He led by giving the example of this friend and saying, yeah, this this person that I know shared this with his parents and the parents disowned him," And then Reed Reed's parents said, "Uh oh no, we wouldn't do anything like that." So, that's what we're talking about right here and we'll go back to the conversation
0: that I had with Reed. And so when he shared that with my parents, like that that was why he didn't, you know, he was kind of telling them this is why I haven't talked to you about it. This is I was trying to hide it. Um that was uh that was kind of for them like, "Oh, well we won't do that. Yeah. We're not we're not going to of course, we're not going to reject you." And so um, so it's been very cordial and nice, you know, they haven't really talked about things since then. They tried to talk about everything else, but, uh, so far it's good. Um, and I think I would probably receive the same response as, as my brother. Uh, I, I, really honestly think at the end of the day, family first, I think that's, what's going to happen. Um, but boy, am I tired rehearsing this stinking conversation in my head all the time. And uh, I think I've shared that before with you. It's it's just like, can we just get this over with? Well, and especially because you have this this fear looming over
1: you yeah. that it's going to destroy them. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know that that's something that you don't really know if yeah. that's going to you you know you do know that it is going to cause them significant distress, mm-hmm. significant emotional and mental distress, and you love them and you want to spare them that. Right. At the cost of you holding that despair and distress inside yourself. And and, and lying. And lying. <laughs> but, but the way that you described them is that they were willing to sacrifice everything for you. So I imagine that you might think, well, I can sacrifice my own, internal well-being for their benefit and that might be something that you put on that scale as well to kind of balance out the way that you see your parents
0: what do you think about that i think you've said it really well yeah it's something that i it's kind of my my way of um like you said balancing the scale i'm i'm sacrificing something really big as well here and uh i mean I, i don't live close to them we're 22 hours away or something or maybe it's like 18 or something but it's we don't we don't see him a whole lot we don't you know there's not a whole lot of conversations um anymore uh, sometimes i feel like the, i've let on enough to for them to know that something is up you know that me going kind of like discussing the the politics the way i did like i think they're like uh oh we don't want to know if we have another you know brother issue like my brother on on our hands and so they just don't they don't bring it up they they do tell me about all their callings and stuff um and they want to know like how you know are you guys going to church or you go you know but we always say well we just make excuses about covid and yeah (laughs) that's been like the biggest uh i would say boon for us is this whole covid thing in church and um it's really been helpful i would say
1: if Um, if you could if you could have this situation be any way that you wanted it and the outcome would be peace, no matter what mm-hmm. it was, how would
0: you want things to go? Um, well, obviously I, I would, I would tell them what's up. I would tell them how I feel, not, not all the way, but just enough to let them know that, you know, I don't believe in the church anymore. Um, but I'm still, you know, I try to still be a really good person. And I, uh, and they would accept that and just you know move on with life and uh, feel good that they raised a good child, you know, that they still can feel some sort of pride about me. Um, that that would be the ideal is uh, but uh, I don't want to get too caught up in in worrying about how they're gonna feel, I guess I'm trying to kind of distance myself from worrying about constantly pleasing them. And it's starting to happen. Mm. Sometimes I see myself, uh, when something happened, when something goes down, you know, every, I think everyone has these family text streams and, uh, so, you know, something uh, would go down and I just, I'm like, well, I just, I find myself not caring as much. Mm. And, And it might be because I'm a little, I'm a little bitter after this little conversation I had with my dad over email where he stayed up all night the day after or the night of uh, because it was kind of like you know this I'm never gonna I'm never gonna please them all the way I'm, it's just I don't know it's kind of it was kind of a good thing because it it for me it was uh, uh, you know I guess I found I find myself um, trying to distance myself from them as much as I, I can because uh, you feel
1: a sense of bitterness.
0: Uh not, I wouldn't say bitterness. Um, oh, I thought you did say bitterness.
1: Uh, after maybe you were. Talking oh specifically yes. Oh after yeah. No, you're right.
0: You're right. You're right. The 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 whole email thing did did leave a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah. Um. Uh, for sure. And
1: and is that indicative? Just kind of of the general expectation that you would have that if you did come to them with how you felt about the church, that it would be that email experience, but magnified to a much larger degree.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking staying up for three days or, right, right. You know, yeah. um, it would be, it would be huge. And I think as a f- former faithful true believing member, I, I remember having those experiences Yeah, when you had a close friend or, um, someone you really, really admired leave, it was like a death. It felt yeah. like a, you were, you felt it for days afterwards. And I, th- and I can't imagine what it's like as you know, when you're talking about parents and, and children where the relationship is much deeper uh, there's a lot more investment there uh, in terms of time and money and just everything. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh Yeah.
1: So so I asked you the question, if you could have it any way that you wanted to, and there wouldn't be any pain, there would just be peace, you said that you would tell them how you felt. Not everything how you felt, which is interesting to me, but you would tell them at least (laughs) a little bit about how you felt. Um, Why wouldn't you tell them everything? Because remember, in in this imaginary thought experiment, there's no pain at all. There's no... Disruption to peace.
0: They're older, and I would hate What well, honestly, the best? Okay, let me let me backtrack here. Yeah, the best thing, and the reason I rehearse the conversation in my head all the time is because I want to feel validated. At the end of the day, I want them to understand. Be like, ah, yeah, read, 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 understands. He, he's. I understand where he's coming from and he has good reasons here, right? That's what I would want. Yeah. But that comes with such a high price on their side. I know the only way they're ever going to empathize with my, my situation is if they go down that rabbit hole and they, and we're talking, my dad didn't even know that Joseph Smith translated the book of Mormon out of a hat with a stone as of like seven months ago. Yeah. He has no clue about any of the real church history that, you know, when I say real, I know that you have an issue with that. I think we've talked about that, but the- uh, Not
1: not the way that you think that I do.
0: Okay, well, anyway, that he, um, so I would love to feel validated and and that way the relationship can carry on. Do I really wanna send, you know, these two really nice people who have found a lot of meaning in their life down the rabbit hole and go through the uh, the PTSD stage and the depression stage and just the absolute shock of of finding out that what you've believed your whole life wasn't true wasn't what it what it what it, pur- what it purported to be I guess or um, and I just I've, I I want to protect them I feel this this you know if I was seventy years old and 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 I had dedicated my whole life to something. And not only that, they we're talking like, my dad was a bishop, you know, he was, he, he's always had big callings and he puts everything into him. Ridiculous amounts of hours. Um, that would, that the thought, that thought just kind of breaks my heart. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't want, I don't want them to, to, for me to feel better in terms of, oh, I want them to empathize with me. Yeah. Uh, that's. I think that's a little selfish on my sure. part. Yeah. Yeah. And and let me just restate that. You it,
1: and and we've been talking about this really since your first the, the first session. You don't want to hurt them. Right. You don't want to do anything to hurt them. And so the 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 thought that you might send them down the rabbit hole where they have this huge existential crisis where they're questioning everything because what they built their entire life on isn't the wise man built their house upon a rock. It's, it was actually built upon sand after all. How ironic is that? You don't want them to experience that. And so you're protecting them from it, right? right. Yeah. So what, what do you think the probability is that they would go through any kind of faith crisis like that? You know, like if you told them that you were doubting, like that, that's a pretty big leap when 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 your brother told them that they were doubting, did they start to doubt
0: themselves? Um, he certainly woke them up to certain aspects of church history they didn't have any clue about like the like the stone in the hat the stone in the hat the book of Abraham they had sure. no idea that that wasn't a true translation yeah Um there's certain things that uh, definitely might have you know some shelf issues that he might have brought up, but They just want to plug their ears to any of that stuff. Okay. And, and that's fine.
1: (laughs) Not only is it fine, it helps guard against what you're most afraid of. You're, you're, you're afraid of them going down this rabbit hole and going through the kind of pain that you've gone through Yeah, and you don't want to be responsible for them going through that. But you, but you know that they don't want to go down that either. Yeah. And, and the, the likelihood is that they won't. The other, the other big piece of what you said was the validation that you, you really want validation from your dad.
0: Yeah, I do. You, you you
1: want him to be able to say, boy, Reed, I would have made exactly the same decision that you made with this. Well done. Mm -hmm. Well done. My good and faithful son. (laughs) Right. And you want that. And here's another, here's another neural pathway of expectations. Yeah. That was formed by the church. That we get our validation from other people. Yeah. We get our validation from checking the boxes of righteousness, doing what we're supposed to be doing. Did you do your home teaching this month, or ministering, or whatever it's called now?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, good job. Here's your validation. You didn't mm-hmm. do it. Sorry, no validation for you. Yeah. You know, like we've got deeply formed neural pathways, expectations of getting love, getting a sense of being worthy or unworthy as a result of conditions that we're supposed to meet or not meet. And that's one of these things that we're up against when, we, when we're in a situation like you're in right now. So you want to have that validation from your dad. You realize it's not very likely that that's going to happen either. And so you just feel kind of stuck. What do you do? Mm-hmm. How, how and, and how long can you stay in this place of limbo? I, I I think there's something in that chapter four book that it's on apathy and depression. And it, it kind of says, you just have to get to that place where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I remember that.
1: Something yeah. like that, mm-hmm. that, that, that spurs you to some kind of an action. And you don't want any action that you take to be something that is harmful to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what if you thought about it this way? Because you said in this situation with your brother that you didn't really think that they would actually disown him. And they said, well, we wouldn't do that. They don't really even know what they would do to flex their unconditional love muscles if one of their kids came to him and said, hey, Alma the senior, guess what? I'm Alma the younger right now. And we're gonna have to play that scenario out of the Book of Mormon in your real life right now. And what did Alma the Senior do? He prayed and he prayed until mm-hmm. Alma the Younger repented and he came back. And so then, what you would have to do is battle your own internal resentment that he's trying to get you to go back to the church because he loves you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that 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 would be something that you would have to struggle with, not them. But but what if you being honest with them gave them an opportunity to stretch and grow in ways that right now they haven't been forced to stretch and grow in and they're actually afraid to stretch and grow themselves because they don't know they -hmm. don't know what's on the other side of that they don't know what it's like to have a, a child that they know about that isn't in the church that is still a really good person who still can say hey you know what mom and dad these these values of the mormon church like let's open up moroni chapter 7 verse 45 46 whatever that is on charity like that's my my absolute faith. I love that, even though it's lifted from the New Testament or whatever. <laughs> I don't care about any of those historical uh, things about it. I, the what it says about charity um, suffereth long and is not puffed up, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, doeth no evil. You know, believeth all things. Yeah, I mean, it's it's beautiful. I it's, it, I love that stuff and you can totally embody that in ways that would just baffle them. <laughs> mm-hmm. How how is it that Reed is it doesn't feel any different. Like it feels like Reed is still a Mormon.
0: Yeah.
1: but he's not. But but they they might never be able to experience that if you hide it from them.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and so the 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 thought experiment that I first gave you of you know what would you do if if you could know that it wasn't going to create any distress for them, even then you were a little, I'm not sure I would go all in. <laughs> I would still kind of tippy toe around it cause I would still be afraid I would be causing them distress. Okay, yeah but, yeah, but you won't cause them well, I still be. But when I gave you that thought experiment, the question I wanted to ask in the follow-up was you know, how would it feel like if you can just imagine how it would feel to unburden yourself and just be truthful and honest with them in a very kind way, not, not in a way that you're like going after them and trying to rip their testimony apart, but just like you guys, I I struggle in these areas, but I love you. And I don't want this to impact. Like I'm being totally honest with you. I have been feeling this way for months and I've been so worried, especially dad, after we had that email exchange about politics like, I love you guys so much. I, I am so honored to have you as my parents. And I'm so afraid of disappointing you. But I like, this is really how I feel about the church. And I, I just want to be able to talk with you guys about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were able to, to talk with them, just be totally honest. And how would they respond? It might be an absolutely terrifying thought to approach them that way. But you're kind of denying them the opportunity of growth by hiding from them who you really are. And and they're also afraid because <laughs> they keep probing, because they mm-hmm. sense that something's up because they're not stupid.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, so so what I wanted to ask you was how would it feel to unburden yourself? I think I can see from the look on your face that you would feel a lot of peace, that that it would really feel like a storm cloud had passed in their sunshine. <laughs> yeah. It, about that.
0: No, you were absolutely right. I, I think about it all the time and uh, worry about it too much. And. Uh, yeah. It, I like what you said that I, I might be the one denying them a growth opportunity. Well, to, any, um, any,
1: I think, I think that anytime you're, hiding what's real, what's true from other people, you're kind of denying them the opportunity of truly engaging with who you really
0: are. Yeah. Um,
1: and, and, and because who you really are is a person that doesn't want to cause harm to them, lead with that. <laughs> Take confidence in this, that you don't want, you don't want to hurt them. Yeah. You don't want to hurt yourself either. Like, how many sleepless nights do you have? How how much distress do you cause yourself just anticipating and worrying this thing? The the the, the questions that I wanted to ask as a follow-up with that thought experiment. The, the, the first iteration is there's not any distress. Okay. The second question is you now you've been able to imagine what that feeling would be like to unburden yourself. How much distress would be okay? <laughs> a little bit, you know, five percent. Ten percent distress. How much distress? Maybe they're upset. You know, like one sleepless night, two sleepless nights, a week, a month. But then at the end of this time,
0: like how much torture
1: you, would I be okay with? Is that what yeah. you say? If it if it's to- if it's torture, mental anguish, as they're struggling, because because they're it, it's going to be a shock to the system, no matter, and you know that, you know it's yeah. gonna be a shock to theirs. No matter how gentle you are, no matter how kind, like you cannot control how they're going to respond to it. You just can't. You, you can control how you present it to them, but it's it's their own thing, how they're gonna to respond to it. And so how, like, what are you willing to do if, if it only took them a week and then they were accepting and they're like, okay, we, we don't, we, we want you to go back to church and we want to help you go back to church, but we love you. We're not rejecting you or something. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, it's a new ball game, but, but how, how much would you be willing to allow them to suffer so that you could have the peace of mind and they could eventually get to this place where they have a new understanding of, of who they are, of what the church really means to them in their life. Like how how can you flex those unconditional love muscles as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and love your son who
0: doesn't believe it anymore? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's the that is the golden question. Now, <laughs> I mean, I would say like ten percent or something. I the more I the more I am authentic with myself and with other people, the more I just want to just get it over with and just be authentic. All that. It's very addicting mm. just to be who you are um, and not hide everything because I've been hiding things, you know, most of my life, you know, since, since I was a kid, because you have all these expectations that you could never live up to. Um, and so I'm just, I think you, I've reached a point where I'm just tired of faking who I am and just want to just be myself. And I would love to be myself around my parents, but at the same time, it would hurt them to see me like, you know, if they came here, we have like an espresso Nespresso machine on our, in my little office here. And we'd, you know, we'd probably have to hide it even if I wanted to be completely authentic, because I think they probably, that would cause a lot of pain. Um, I want to tell you a story, Reed,
2: mm.
1: um, and my, my dad's not your dad, but the way that you described your dad sounded a little bit like my dad Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and, um, my, my siblings have all left the church and my, my dad and my mom divorced a long time ago. My dad's remarried. My dad's the only one that's still in the church. He and and his wife are still in the church. Mm -hmm. And he's very clear about where he draws the line. With what he's comfortable with for himself, but he has shocked the hell out of me and my sister and my brother, in the way that he's been open. Like we never would have thought that he would ever allow us to be in his house with a can of beer Mm. or a bottle of wine, and we've 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 done that, and he's been okay with it. I mean, it probably silently drives him nuts (laughs) yeah and 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 makes him sad in some ways but that's not on me you know that's that's on him that's what that's that's how he's that's how he's choosing to interpret things and and like my relationship with my dad is not what i would like it to be for sure but the reason i brought it up is just there were if you would have asked me, if I would have been in, in your position and you would have asked me how my dad's going to respond, I would have never in a million years thought that he would have responded in ways that he has. And, and giving him, like I framed it for you, the opportunity to love his kids who are no longer in the church in whatever way he figures out how to do it. Um, and and the, the thing for me that has been the biggest challenge and blessing in it is how do I feel about him?
2: Hmm.
1: Am am, am I carrying around resentment because he didn't respond to me in the way that I wanted him to? Mm -hmm. And if so, I have to take responsibility, that's mine. I'm creating that resentment. Those are my neural pathways that are resulting in this feeling that I'm calling resentment that manifest themselves in my mind in the form of all of these stories that I tell about it, that's on me. Is, is that who I want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so having, having my dad be kind of a, um, what, what, what there's, there's a scripture, a stumping, something in a stumbling block. I don't remember what the first part of it was.
0: You know, I've forgotten everything. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, it, it's, uh, it's forced me to make those changes to myself that I'm still in the process of working on, by the way. Um, but I, I just look at your situation and I see the, what what you said about having to hide your entire life and how it's getting addicting, just being open and being yourself. It's so Mm -hmm. freeing. It's so Mm -hmm. liberating. Um, and, and you recognize that you have these fears about things that you can't control that are preventing you from doing that
0: all right the fears are those neural pathways basically it's all neural pathways yeah <laughs> it's
1: all it's all neural pathways yeah
0: i will say going back and reading what you told me today it's it was sinking in everything that you you texted me friday um some summarize that remind that that's when i was talking about the church being a symbol yeah well it was all about basically it was just uh you know it's it, it's all in your head it, you know all of these things whether emotions or you know just what the church is and you you talked about you know the church is different for you than it is for your dad and i was trying yeah. to explain well but it's in general there's a lot of you know i think we have very a lot of similarities about things because we all had the correlated material and we all listened to the same lessons and all that stuff and general conference talks. But, but I, I, I am, I'm definitely understanding that much more after struggling with it and wrestling with it for a week and I needed to wrestle with it. And, um, I felt a lot of light bulbs go off, go on during during the week as i was reading uh that chapter and comparing it to inner size, that that was a really good exercise for me yeah because you do start like okay he's talking about this neural pathway or this this thing the amygdala is doing sure and um
1: yeah when, when you hear david hawkins and he's using words like chakras and yeah. energy systems um the the skeptical bullshit flags go off and it's easy to kind of turn it off. Whereas on inner size, he's talking about amygdala and neural pathways and okay, those are words I can get behind.
0: Yeah. But then
1: when you go back and you really think about what is it that David Hawkins is talking about? Oh, it's the same thing. He's just using this different way of describing it, these different symbols for describing what's behind the symbol. Um, I, I think the other thing as, as you were, um, struggling with what I shared with you last Friday about the the different perspective that you carry in your mind compared to what your dad compares in his mind. You also heard that uh, Patreon episode that uh, I shared the case against reality by Donald Hoffman. Mm. And they talk about this in there too, about, yes, there is an objective reality out there that's a shared objective reality, but no one is experiencing that objective reality except through their own subjective minds. Right. And it's this interface and th- this, this interface that we think is reality, isn't really reality. It's just our interface. That doesn't mean there isn't an objective reality. That doesn't mean that there isn't a Mormon church, but the, what, what the Mormon church means to you and what the Mormon church means to me and Mormon church means to your dad, it's all different things. Mm-hmm. Even when you get a group of ex-Mormons together that are all telling the same stories about where the church is horrible and, <laughs> and oh, yeah. wrong, and we, we've got all these points of agreement, but there's still differences. It's not the same, it's not the same thing. We're all carrying around the subjective view. And so learning how to love other people means accepting their subjective view and not requiring it to conform to your own because it's impossible to, there's no way to get someone to conform. And, and so you flip that and think, so how could I expect that I would be getting validation from my dad for things that are so anathema to him? Like he he's never going to value questioning the church, doubting the church, looking at the the flaws in the book of Abraham and going, okay, yeah, I guess Joseph made it up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's just, that's so contrary to his, programming and his value system what he wants his life to be that you know expecting him hoping that he's going to value that's just a a dead end that just creates more misery in your mind for yourself as well
0: yeah totally
1: yeah i feel like i'm getting a little preachy here reed and (laughs) i try not to be preachy in these things but um yeah i got a little passionate
0: no i i love it i i will say um and even the the um, episode that you really stay a bathing with God, I, I listened to the last two minutes of it uh, like probably ten times. Yeah, <laughs> I was completely moved by it. Um, uh, it was just spot on. It was exactly what I needed to hear. And um, remind me, what it what did, what did I? Say? It was as or soon as you Quad started talking. Quad That's said amazing. something. It started when uh, Quad said, uh, "Carpe diem, boys." It was, it was whatever you kind of said after that. Yeah. Seize the and day.
1: make your lives
0: extraordinary. Yeah. The
1: dead poet society quote.
0: Right. But what came after that? I just kept listening over and over.
2: Carpe diem boys. Make your life extraordinary. Once you figure out that all of this is energy, that you are evolved energy, that your experience of life is a result of neural pathways in your mind. That you have a small degree of influence on how you experience reality whether you are optimistic or pessimistic looking to criticize yourself and others at every turn or looking for the good in all of life you are a walking talking atomic cloud of eternal pixelated energy experiencing this sliver of space and time right now moment to moment and you can determine what all of this means for you so relax trust enjoy it all is well all is well
0: um because it was it was sinking in finally i i was like i get it (laughs) this is this is uh what i've been trying to do and and um in terms of seeing everything from a much different perspective that is a healthier perspective and a tr- maybe you could say truer perspective yeah. of what's happening in terms of I'm interacting with my mind and that's all I'm doing. And um, it's all up to me. Like it's all up to me to make all of, you know, however I decide to, you know, interpret feelings or emotions or whatever, you know, that I'm, an, I'm the one in charge.
1: Yeah. Um, you're not in charge of other people, right? Like, so we talked about that before with your parents, you can't control how they're going to react and respond to things. But as far as how you react and respond to things, that's, you you definitely have some control there and you're up against your own neural pathways. You're up, you know, the the way that we started tonight, um, you've been programmed.
0: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: All of us have been programmed without knowing it, without consenting it. And when you wake up and you realize, Oh, wait, I've got these programs. Great. Now, you know, Yeah, there's still these programs. And and what you learn in inner size is it's, it's not easy to reprogram. It's possible, but it's not easy because your, your amygdala wants to keep the status quo. That's the safe spot, anything to come in and change, there's going to be resistance and it's going to be hard to, to do that. But the, the real powerful message that I heard in what you shared, what you read at the beginning of this was, it's not your fault. Don't mm-hmm. beat yourself up. Right. It, this is in a chapter that's about apathy and depression, and it's trying to, to show you ways you don't have to feel apathetic. You don't have to feel depressed. You don't have to guilt yourself about these things. Let go of that and work us up, f- focus on doing the work of reprogramming and reprogramming towards positivity towards gratitude towards love towards joy and that's definitely possible to do yeah so so we're we're at the end of the hour here reed but i'd I'd like to hear from you how would you some summarize like what 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 did we talk about
0: tonight and what sunk in to you well uh we talked a lot about my 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 parents talked about how i'm worried about hurting them and talked about you know the fact that maybe me holding back on being authentic is is hurting them, <laughs> and or it's it's doing them of no service. I guess they have an opportunity to grow and learn, and I might be the one denying in that. And um, we talk about how much they love me. They um, genuinely, I think. Like you said, you know, this will test their unconditional love—the way that they, uh, they technically believe in, right? Um, But uh, and then I also have—it's all, you know, this is in my head. I, I'm the one in charge, and um, the most, you know, we, I keep, I'm coming back to what I said earlier. Just, it's not my fault all the stuff happened, but I have an opportunity right now to change it through by, um, expanding my consciousness, I would say, um, which I'm doing, you know, I'm, I will say meditation has been an unbelievable (laughs) lifesaver or not lifesaver, just something that was really missing, um, from me in terms of bringing so much peace, but also focus, Mm. um, and I know I'm changing the subject completely. Or if you don't mind, I'm gonna, I, I, I wanted to share with you this. Yeah. The, so the last episode or the last um, recording we did, it was uh, you took me on this adventure with the shark. Yeah. Um, well, you must have you must have discovered gold or something, because what happened was now I associate my default mode network with this little puppy dog shark behind me. And it's nudging me at times with its nose, like it wants to play. I love it. And I have this very vivid picture in my brain where I'm reaching back and petting the head of the shark and saying, not now. (laughs) I know you want to play. And I really, really want to play with you. I want to go into wonderland, start thinking about time and chaos and order and all that stuff. (laughs) Uh, But I'm not, I'm going to stick Right now, I need to work. Right now, I need to focus. Right now, I need to listen to my children, to my wife. I need to be present and conscious for their, for them. Right, mm-hmm. and uh, it is, it is really hard. It's like that. The shark is so tempting, though. It, it's just like my dog when, when it's like noon and no one's taking him out for a 15 mile run, and because that's what he needs every day, and uh, he's looking at me with these eyes that he just—he is just begging for me to take him out, mm-hmm. and you feel so bad walking by him and walking out the door. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's how I feel about the shark. He—he he wants to play so bad, and so now I do this like all day long. I'm petting the shark behind me as he's nudging me and saying, "Just, just give me a second. I, I'll play with you in a little bit." And um, that imagery, for some reason, does the trick. Wow. Whereas nothing really was working before. Um, so I wanted to share with you that, that little <laughs> <I'm> really glad <laughs> that, you know, that reminds me that the end of last time
1: I, I kind of challenged you to practice your restating skills on your wife and your kids. How has that gone?
0: Um, it's okay. I, I actually have been trying to do it during meetings that I've been in. Yeah. Like, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to, what if I had to repeat what he's saying back? Yeah. Um, I, that is something I still need to work on heavily. Yeah. There's, I've told you I've had, I've had ups and downs Yeah. Um, lately, and this was, I have a good, you know, I'll have a good day and then I'll have a bad day. And mm-hmm. I don't get too mad at myself about the bad day because it is just a constant focus. Every day I wake up and I am constantly focusing on doing better in terms of, uh, you know, controlling my brain, but co- being very, very conscious about everything when I'm brushing my teeth, I used to just do it mindlessly. Now I'm really thinking about the feeling and the motions and all that stuff as I'm doing it. Wow. Cool. Um, and it's actually a really kind of cool meditation because you usually just start just, you're just buzzing around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so whenever I have the opportunity of doing something, I really focus on what I'm doing and th- think about it. And it's, it, I'm trying to build the, those neural pathways. Yeah. And I'm trying to create some dopamine hits while I'm at it to create the That's habit. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Like, um, like the, the, the joy of feeling the, your, your teeth being brushed.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Or- I did that. I did that
1: with the, doing dishes, you know, like, like rinsing out the dishes and loading the dishwasher of like, okay, I'm going to really enjoy the feeling of the water on my hands mm. and I'm going to enjoy the feeling of cleaning this stuff up. And, Yeah. That made a huge difference too. Instead of starting to like tell stories where I start feeling resentful, like why am I cleaning up these other people's messes? I am like, wow, I get the the opportunity to like really feel this.
0: I wonder if it it comes with, I wonder if it comes with age a little bit. Um, because the more I, I I guess uh, the older I feel, the more appreciative I am of just the simpler things of, like you said, doing the dishes or, cleaning i cleaned the car saturday and it was just i don't know maybe it's because well, i'm an accountant
1: also, I, I think it also comes um as as a result of learning new things like learning how to do it you know like the 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 section that you read from the book no one ever taught us how to really manage our emotions when I mean, people yeah. tried i'm sure people tried i'm sure people told me these things that like they just went in one ear and out the other for whatever reason. I was playing with my shark. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it, it just didn't sink in until it does. And then awesome. So yeah. yeah, don't beat yourself up. If these things haven't sunk in, you don't beat yourself up for, you know, some days is good. Some days is bad. You just, you know, yeah, with it,
0: enjoy the good. and. But I am experiencing the rewards of sticking with it and feeling like it's Working and it's kind of you know it's self reinforcing. Good in terms of okay, this is working. Keep going, keep trying. Meditate whenever you can. Well, it's more. It's not meditate. It's just being mindful about everything yeah. I do, because so often I just run on these programs where it's just like you know whether it's replying to an email at work or you know it's just this natural thing I've been doing for you know twenty years. This is easy. It's just just yeah. but now it's more. I'm it goes to what i think inner size is talking about and trying to broaden your consciousness or expand your consciousness i don't know what it's called but i feel more connected to everything now my yeah. body yeah. the bottom of my feet i've never felt the bottom of my feet so much as i do now as i meditate as i walk yeah. or feel at my knees or um it is a it's an amazing thing and it's one of those things that i don't you know, you tell someone and they're like, Oh, good. Yeah. Whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's how I always, that's how I always uh, treated it. Sure. Um, but yeah. it is a, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. And uh, I probably wouldn't have done that had I not started doing this and uh, talking to you because it was like, okay, okay, read. Now you got a You got someone to talk to about it and you have to <laughs> <laughs> tell them, but it's part of the, it's part of this whole thing. I mean, I I really feel like um, this whole experience has been basically broadening my consciousness about my brain and my just everything, uh, you know, about my life. I mean, we've talked about faith stuff, but I also have a bunch of other issues that I'm trying to improve on as well. I'm trying to be a better person, really, at the end of the day. So but anyway that's my little spill. thanks for the shark shark yeah, experience no, I'm really <laughs> glad
1: to hear that thank, thank you for sharing
2: that put down the weapons that you use against yourself you don't need them anymore
1: hey there thanks for listening all the way to the end now I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode I have more to say about this topic and I'm going to do that with a follow up behind the scenes sharing time episode on Patreon so If you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it.
2: Hi, this is Hilary,
1: Matthew, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer?
2: My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes. And take a breath. Thank you for listening to infants on front. Infants on front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future. Never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the
1: universe. Catch. All right. So, so for next week, do you want to go to
0: chapter five? Do you want to pick a different section in the book? Oh, I don't. That's a great question. I I found myself when I was listening. I went straight to like all the other chapters. Ooh, anger might be a good one i'm looking at... <laughs> not
1: that i'm like super angry but sometimes yeah. i am pick 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 one that calls to you and that's what we'll focus on for next week what about fear you want to do fear
0: yeah i'm gonna do fear
1: all right Wait, which that's, chapter is that it's chapter six six all right chapter six fear and letting go right on
0: and i also uh have that one you recommended another book a uh, couple books but there was uh
1: Loving yeah, what like, is,
0: I no. It was the one, the other one. The uh,
1: surrender experience, or the yeah, path to surrender. Path to surrender. Yeah, that, that Michael Singer eight mm-hmm. course series. Yeah. Wow.
0: Oh, it's an have, eight have course you, series.
1: Well, the, did you get it on Audible? Yeah. Yeah, it it was originally an eight course series, and then they put it together on Audible. Have you started listening to that one?
0: No, I've been fully dedicated. Yeah, I'm. I'm a very loyal. You know, Glenn tells me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
1: there's that that word loyal again okay yeah well you have my permission to listen to anything you want to and if um yeah if if, if you want to do the the path to surrender or if you want to do anger or you want to do a little bit of both i'm i'm good i i've listened to that path to surrender so many times i'm really familiar with it so anytime you want to jump into that one there's some really really good stuff in it you'll love it mm-hmm
0: what is, uh, what are, what are kind of the things that it tackles that are di- maybe different from letting go or inner size? Are they like drastically different? Cause letting go and inner size are not similar.
1: It's closer to letting go than it is to inner size. Okay. Um, it, because it's, uh, uh, Michael Singer is a, a spiritual teacher. Oh Okay. Um, he, he teaches the value of meditation. And of who you really are, of what you really are. Why is it, you know, like he, he asked the question, okay, who are you? Are you in there? Who are you? Hey, what's it like being in there? It's not always nice. Is it? Why isn't it always nice? What's going on? You got stuff that you're carrying around. There's things in the outside world that hit your stuff and it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Why is that? What's going on? And uh, how can you untangle that? How can you relax and release that stuff so that you can enjoy life and not have life come in and knock you off your perch all the time.
0: Oh, gotcha. Okay. I think I remember, didn't you and Bill? Bill Real? Real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. That's what this is, is that Bill and I did that three part series on is, is this one. So,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They, and, and, and in the order of my education with these, I, I, I devoured that path to surrender last April, May, you know, I, I found it and I just devoured it during the, the pandemic when we were quarantining and I just geeked out over it. And then shortly after that is when I found Letting Go from David Hawkins. Oh, okay. And they 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 fit together really, really well. I felt like I felt like David Hawkins gave more definition around the different levels of emotions that you can, mm-hmm. you know, what has his Bap of Consciousness thing. So it, it helped define some of the things that michael singer had talked about but left not quite as defined and then inner size months later was more of kind of the the scientific neuroscience behind all of the potentially woo-woo stuff that those guys were talking about in their way okay i can kind of see the correlations here Um, Hmm. and 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 ground it in a uh, more understandable (laughs) scientific thing than just talking about shakti energy (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and psychics and yeah uh, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that's it's like yeah, and, yeah uh,
1: D- david um, hawkins is a lot more woo than michael singer is
0: oh okay yeah well that's good that means i'll probably not yeah. you know frown on some of the stuff but 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 anything that you frown on and triggered you please let me know i was going to talk to you about triggering at some point okay because that is something that is man what What is the deal with triggering? why is it Why is it that you hear something or see something and it sends is it there must be cognitive dissonance between your you know your subconscious and your conscious or that incoherence that happens um but it's just like you know seeing a temple or okay. we' talking I like
1: I think it's the path to surrender. I think that's what the assignment is. Okay, good. I go listen to that. This is, this is the question. This is the homework assignment for the week. What is triggering? What's going on with triggering? Mm. Listen to what Michael Singer says. Listen to the way that he describes samskaras. This is the word samskaras. Um, when he talks about samskaras, the way that I thought about samskaras is this bird's nest of neural pathways that we have in our mind. Um, and uh, how do things get triggered? Oh, how man. do things get triggered?
0: If I cannot be triggered, it kind of goes back to what we first talked about. There's just like when I, I think I, <laughs> you know, I, I'll sing like a little primary song in the bathroom and my wife will be like, what? You know, she'll get all yeah. mad. Like we both get very triggered by stuff, just the the simplest things. And it's going to be around us our whole lives. So it's like, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I. Oh, oh,
1: oh, you mean, you mean the church is going to be around you your whole life? So the church, church is going to be triggered around by it. Yeah, yes exactly
0: yeah like i don't want to see president nelson's face and not be like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um yeah. i want to think like oh nice guy yeah but okay well i'm gonna do that then right on. i'm excited cool all right thanks all right. thanks glenn I'll talk to you later all right
2: see you. thank all
0: right. you for listening to infants on thrones In